Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Tim. Am I a co-host first or your good friend first? You know, well, you were my good friend first, and then we became co-hosts. So, oh, chronologically okay, so I, I speaking, downgraded. chronologically, well, yes. it, you know, oh. it, 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 more like layers added on, you know? Oh, like an onion, or like a parfait. Mm, I understand, or a parfait. Yes, I understand. like with pie. Yeah. So you can see him again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, Frank. It's good to see you as always. Let's dive directly into the mailbag. I got it for you, like I always oh, do. Thanks. Here's that letter oh, nice. you asked for. Thank you. Thank you so much. So first, uh, first letter comes from Laura, who had a few thoughts to follow up from last week's podcast. She did say that she enjoys, uh, you know, the the Star Trek three and Ghostbusters and Jaws references. Um, she also points out that uh, there were in in an earlier episode we did get a Brainy uh, asking Kara and Alex where he could meet Keanu Reeves. Um, we also had Monel. Uh, she couldn't remember whether it was Monel or Win Win replying replying to Brainy's pop culture with, "You finally watched Star Wars," and I think that was I think that was Win. Um, but clearly Brainy has a lot of interest in twentieth and twenty first century pop culture. So, uh, that was a that was the follow up there. We were sort of talking about oh, what was the, you know, what how how much does he love twenty first century culture, uh, and how much of that is you know we, we hypothesized that maybe. He loves uh, 21st century and 20th century culture the same way that we like classical music. Um, and uh, it's, it's it's something that, yeah, that, that, that could be the case. Brainy also compares his donut consumption to the Danvers sisters' potstickers, right? And Laura points out that, well, I mean... Yeah, there, there. I guess there is a there. There is a crossover there, but it's not really a coping mechanism for them like it is for him, where he's just straight up stress mm. eating. And she she did a little bit of a deep dive, and she goes, "Pretty sure ice cream was involved for Alex and for Kara." Uh, look at the scene in season four where Kara talks to James about Alex, and in season five where Kara and Alex talk about Kara wanting her lunch with Lena to be perfect. Both times, Kara is consuming multiple donuts. So it seems like donuts and ice cream are the stress the stress eating. Uh, snack of choice for this group and then um finally she points out that you know maybe okay the writers definitely pick and choose what what stuff from comic book canon they keep but typically in the comics you can't die in the phantom zone that's kind of the the whole idea of it is that it's a yeah it's a torture but it's a humane punishment because you're not going to be killed um and so it would be difficult to think that anyone dies in there therefore Nixley probably survived and if Zorel is actually Zorel he probably survived too um so that's that's where, where Laura leaves us she says uh savor the remaining episodes we've had three out of four strong ones to kick out kick off the final season and hopefully they will stay character driven adventures from here on out thank you so much Laura for for writing to us um thank you for doing that deep dive on snacks and uh, uh pop culture yes, references I love I love listeners who do the research. Love it. You're the you're the best. Oh, love it. So thank you you're so much. Best. We have 
great listeners. We have great that listeners. Great. We have great listeners. Thank you, Laura, for writing to us. Thank you to everyone uh, who writes to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Uh, be sure to send us your email and, and have it read on the show. Hey, we're in the final season here. If you haven't, you've been thinking about sending us uh, notes, even you have had thoughts you wanted to share, but you haven't shared them, it's the final season, now or never. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Thank you to everyone who does that, who reaches out to us there, and at TV Supergirl on Twitter. And thank you also to everyone who supports us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. By doing that, you keep this show going. You know, we do this show. We don't we don't get a paycheck from this show. We do it for love of the game, for love of, of Supergirl, for love of the characters. Uh, but it does cost us you know, some money to, to, to run these shows. Um, and so your support for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio makes it possible for us to pay for things like, you know, web hosting and uh and domains and all that all that fun stuff uh it makes it possible for us to do what we love so thank you to everyone who does that and if you're not already supporting us uh please consider it 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 helps us a lot there's a link in the show notes um and uh you can head on over to patreon.com slash thought bubble audio to support this show and all the shows on the thought bubble audio network all right tim hit me what what are the vital stats for this episode Episode number five of season six, the final season. Episode title: Prom Night! Exclamation. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's 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 prom night. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's prom night. Prom yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That... What's up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exclamation point! Silent, uh, but it's there. I just started this episode with what's up. <laughs> oh man, me too. Oh, I really uh, wish I missed That's opportunity. Okay. It's too far out of my system. Um, but anyway, uh, written by Rob Wright and Jess Cardos, directed by Alexandra LaRoche. Uh, I thought this episode was super fun. Super fun. Um, if yeah, not particularly dense, but super fun. Um, and I was okay with that. So let's start with that was a good bit. Um, uh, there was. Uh, Back to the Future reference right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I thought there would be more. Honestly, surprised it was the only. Me one. too. Uh, I kind of thought there'd be more. You know, when that when it was uh, unless you count the milkshakes. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really, but I guess yeah. I I thought I I was going in thinking like either there's going to be a lot of Back to the Future. There's going to be a lot of time travel jokes, right? So either it's going to be Back to the Future or Bill and Ted. Which way will Brainy go? And they went Back to the Future, and that's my personal favorite uh, time travel uh, uh, franchise out of those two. So I was mm-hmm. thrilled with it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What is one of your fun, uh, good bits, not fun facts? I don't know. I'm on a totally different show. Uh, that, is a, that is a different show. Yeah. Um, I like that they had a kryptonite meteor shower as the as the, the event that they were traveling back in time to, because it just was a, the same way that we're going back to Midvale and we're going back to Kara's youth. Smallville started with it it's was all it was Clark's yeah. youth and it was and it, it started with a, with a uh, it was precipitated by a kryptonite meteor shower, and uh, mm. I I love that precipitated nice I see what you did there because falls in the rain anyway um, I this isn't so much a good bit just as a general praise but the actresses playing Kara and Alex Isabella Vitovic and Olivia Nick, uh, um, they're just amazing they're- and we've seen them before and I just every time they show up I'm like give me more of them like I'll watch an episode I'll watch a show about Midvale I'll do it like it would probably not as much happens but I'll do it, it they're yeah. a delight 
they're a delight and they are and I, I've I've from what I understand our friends over at supergirl.tv have said that the two of them actually have become very good friends over the years from doing dipping in and out and doing these roles every every couple of years or once a season or so um so I love that I love that the two actors have become good friends um over the years that's awesome and they're yeah, great I think they're a delight yeah they are they are give me another good I day. love that Kara and Kenny call themselves a Scooby duo. <laughs> It's so stupid, but I love it. Um, that's a tall. That's a hundred percent. Like that's on a hundred percent car. I think. Oh yeah. You know that's not something that she, she just thinks that's great. Then she thinks it's great now. Totally. No question. Totally. Um, I like that. Speaking of car and Kenny, uh, I love that they have go to plays, and that Alex isn't happy I about know. it. Like she's like, we could do Groundhog Day, and she's like, you have go, you like, have go, like you have a playbook of things that you go to whenever you need. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. They like, have signature uh, moves. Yeah, yeah, I sure do. Uh huh. I loved it, and I liked the play. I liked putting like the ship in the ship in the field and all that. That was fun. Definitely cleaner than it would ever be. In oh my gosh, life, yeah. But, well, well, it was powers, yeah, it was like, you know. Right, it's true. I was like, wow, there's a lot of empty space down there. I know. That right. you're sticking that ship that in. Seems like a waste of but, space, Midvale High. Like, you could be using that space a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. You next, you next, you next. I love that Brainy was like, ah, yes, the most important part of our disguise, glasses. The ultimate <laughs> optical illusion. I know. And they were both like, ah, yes. yes. Ah, naturally. Yes. Every, every um, disguise has to have glasses. That's how it yeah. works. Nia's Nia's glasses are particularly 2009 too. I mm. was like on board for the chunky the chunky rectangle. Chunky look. frames, definitely there. Yeah, um, very good. Uh, speaking of like, the the young actors, though, young Cat Grant nailed it. So oh, good yeah. on like like scolding Perry White out on yes! the phone. Great stuff. Love that. All the way to outscoop Lois Lane. And she's there for the latte. I thought that was just like, that's service to the people who have been around since season one. Like, the good old latte. Since The coffee is so important. Since the CBS days. You know, those of us who have been there since the CBS days remember the cat being very particular about her lattes. And I seem to remember Noonan's was never never really up to snuff for her. Uh, so nope. I can't imagine that Midvale met the met the moment for her either but i love it they i love it they that they did that and and she she did a really great job embodying calissa flockhart's energy she did there was a lot of calissa flockhart energy i thought and a lot of she there's a there was a lot of facial tics uh the 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 angle yes tilting her head yes yep yeah there was there was a lot of good happening um a lot of good mimicry without feeling like f- um copycat mm, mm-hmm. to to copy to cat kind of yes to use a kind of a pun mm. yes frank i used a pun please continue mm, mm, okay cool um well i really like um when brainy is talking to kenny and he's giving him advice and he says there's nothing women like more than physics well applied <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Great, yes. great romance advice. That's that's how I. That was the quickest way to my wife's heart. Physics well yeah. applied. W- well that applied. and emotional vulnerability. He added. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the second. The one's second part wrong. is yeah. is true. Uh, physics well applied is like that might be more about your relationship than relationships in general, but you know the spirit of it is is good. Yeah, exasper exasperated brainy. I think is my new favorite brainy. Mm. Just like is just. I like when he's like I love fish out of water stuff mm-hmm, and like. Mm-hmm. 
but it's fish out of water with emotions, which is something I've ever really ever really seen before. Maybe outside of like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory, right? That's kind of, I mean, but like, uh, but I, I love the way that they're doing it here, and I just think it, I just think it's real fun. Um, you know, especially with like he's still eating his feelings, which we'll talk about later. But it it was played up a bit here, um, and I I liked that, like ruffling through all the chip bags and stuff. Um, yeah, um, this is more character stuff, but um, early two thousand sassy aliens. I'm here. It just feel I don't know what it is that it feels like something that's dated, even like if that makes sense, like it's something that I feel like I would have watched on TV 10 years ago. Um, and so the Naxum Torque and Sephrix Cole, um, the thing about that, they are not comic characters. They are not comic characters yeah. and neither are their species. And so they are 100% made up for the show, but the like, um, uh, kind of poach alien poacher with the, with the cowboys thing. It's almost like, like crocodile hunter you know like steve Irwin, obviously not a poacher like literally the opposite of poaching like fought against poaching but it has that it has that kind of vibe to it um and i dug and i dug that i thought the aesthetic of naxim um kind of reminded me of the cesarean so like lobo and um sarnia it's not cesarean this is, reminds me of like, I that's said a different like, Cesare- yeah that's a, a it's not even a species. That's, a procedure. that's just a thing. That's a procedure. Hmm. Um, reminds me of the uh, reminded me of Lobo, but more specifically, it reminded me of his daughter Crush, who's in the Teen Titans right now in the comics. That like the turquoise and vests and braids and all of that stuff. Okay, Charter. yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and so I don't know if you paused on the their like rap sheets or not, but there was some fun stuff for in. Okay, there. I'm glad you noticed that too. Uh, you're talking specifically about Naxim Torque's like rap sheet and and the things that it says there about yeah yeah okay I'll put that in the show notes I'm glad you I'm glad you got that too because I screenshotted it to put it in the show notes oh that's yeah. great because one of Torque's prior offenses is horrible taste in yes that was I thought that the best like... that was the best gag on that oh I thought that was hysterical so offensive um but anyway so you have this guy who's one of his aliases is the ringmaster which there is a ringmaster in the comics but it's not anything remotely alien um. But you, um, it kind of his like, um, like collecting for the zoo, blah blah blah. It reminded me of the preserver mm. from, um, Superman the animated series, which was an original villain for that show, where he was like, Oh, the last Kryptonian and the last Zanarian, I have to collect you and put you in the tube. Um, so kind of reminded me of that. And that was the, the main man episode, the yes. uh, two parter from that season, and then Safrix Cole, his. Uh, his nickname is Safi Green <laughs> for some reason, uh, and because he's a botanist and a herbalist, I guess alien botanist and herbalist. Um, so I thought all of that was fun. I enjoyed them because they're like not serious. Like I don't feel like anybody's actually in danger. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it was def- they were definitely played up for laughs, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very clear they were not a not a real threat uh, to the team, which is good. They they were delightful. They were very very fun. Um, I, I enjoyed them a lot. I, <laughs> to, to shift, you know, okay. I do like what you said about Brainy. You know, I love him being, uh, uh it, it's, I, I don't, I, I hate to see him suffering, but it's very funny. Um, the way they've been playing it up, especially where he's all like, okay, we have to keep a low profile and like, no one, we can't, 
interact with Car and Alex. Oh shoot! First thing we do is interact with Car and Alex. Okay, that's that's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a low profile, and I mean, okay, great. You can get me into the computer lab on Friday when there's no one there. Awesome. I'm just gonna build my 3D printer and do that, and no one's gonna see that. None of that. And then next thing you know, batting practice. <laughs> Like, where he does a super cool bat flip thing yes. where he like it goes down his neck and then he swings at just the right time it was so, so cool. cool i watched it like 10 <laughs> times <laughs> like, uh it was great but you're right but he's also but he was like but i that like because like he grabbed for the glee club and they because he was at the vending machine could grab for the glee club and then he's like in the drama then this and this and this and this and it's like that he's having such a hard time processing high school i know i know like, but but he seems to be fitting in. Like, I mean, he, I guess he has the aptitude to be good at everything. Um, sure so, does. so there's that. But, um, but I guess you know, I guess true. Even if you're good at everything, doesn't mean you fit in. Doesn't mean you feel like you fit in. Exactly, which is what he's going through. And I, I that's, I in a lot of ways that the emotions that we'll talk about this too. That the emotions that they are processing are very not juvenile but like they fit the high school mold in in some ways like what he's like i have a lot of emotions and i don't know what to do with them welcome to high school yeah welcome to your teenage years yes exactly and so he's kind of catching up and i and i like that um I love the um, Danvers sleepover where they're like, if he's like, or or just the sleepovers in general, where like they split them up, and Kenny's like, oh, well, he's staying with me. <laughs> like that's that was fun. I don't know why I enjoyed that so much, but um, <laughs> but I did, and I like that Kara's like, oh, what can you do? Like I've like you know like this like she's like yearns for a connection because for her she's like oh I'm also an alien like it's cool because you know I like remember Krypton and stuff I remember other species and so I just like that she she rolls with it so much easier than everybody else and I, I think that's uh, that's great use of her character yeah. and no and knowing it's her. very consistent with her with her character like that's how she would react finding another alien species that's exactly how you expect her to react and I love that they, they went there Exactly. Speaking of consistency, though, 2009 iOS on Kara's phone. Primo. I did not Nicely catch that done. until I mean, I sort of I saw it, but I didn't really clock it. And, and until I saw that you would you would uh, take a notice of that. Yeah, that was a good that is a good bit. And that was good. Good eyes on your part. Yeah. Speaking of good eyes, I have two of them. Some people say uh, is uh, I like Kenny's like Fortress of Solitude. He's like, oh, Superman like lives in a bunker or something like that and all this stuff. And I like that. Like the it just looks like the loft from Smallville to like kind of like you got the twinkle lights yes. and all that stuff. Yeah. I just thought that was real fun. Um, but most most fun of all, uh, I think Nia's got a great voice working nine to five. That was awesome. That was fun and unexpected. And yeah, she has a great voice. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was that was lovely. I was sort of like, wait, what's she saying? Is that Dolly Parton? Like it was just, it was it was super fun. Super, super fun. Yeah, I, you know, my last good bit here is um tying back to the Back to the Future thing. Um I, I don't think this was meant to be a reference, but it reminded me of it anyway. Just that Maxim Torque's record in the DEO database changes because they've changed the future. And uh it, it changes right before their eyes, just like the photo in Back to the Future. So I I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, nice nice poll. Very nice poll. Um well, Frank, this because we're back in time, um we are not dealing strictly with all of the themes of the year, the abuse and limits of power and stuff this like is that. True. Like we could 
could make an argument that the time travel stuff fits into that. Nia makes some choices that she shouldn't have made, um, but that that also work into the like the idea of overcoming mm, something, mm-hmm. and so they 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 work in tandem. You know, before we get in to all of that, because I want to give that the time that it deserves. But before we get into Storytime Village, I have a Cat Grant quote of the week. <gasps> Remember Cat Grant good. quotes of the week? Feels good. I just, you know, we're back. We don't know when we're going to see her again. This is the final season. I wanted to bring it back one last time. Uh, hopefully we'll have more I mean, opportunities. She'll probably be in next episode. Yes, yes. But I don't know if Callista yes. will be back. You know what I mean. Um, sure. Uh, but uh, I was, I always love Cat's um, rivalry with Lois and how much she uh, she's just I mean I love Lois Lane I've loved Lois Lane since I was a little kid uh, but I think it's kind of funny that she, she she's competing with Lois Lane all the time so the Cat Grant quote of the week was uh, when she said that I'm gonna write Perry I'm gonna write a story that's gonna knock Lois Lane back to the uh, classifieds I love that, that quote that was good uh, just because of once again, there's that there's that rivalry continuing consistent since season one, uh, since we met Lucy Lane, and it's it's been uh, it's been a through line ever since. So that is your Cat Grant quote of the week. Very good. I like that. Well done. I also actually really liked the bartender. She's like, I work for the Daily Planet. You may have read some of my stuff. Lois Lane. <sighs> just let me just down. I know. I know. I know. I love it. It's good stuff. Um, I like it. Speaking of Cat Grant, though, let's actually start with unbiased journalism, the importance of truth, and the dangers of moral relativism, because um, uh, it actually fits into what Cat is doing in this uh, in this episode. You could argue that this also plays into the abuse and limits of power about when we're yeah. thinking, like the power she holds as a journalist. I love it when themes. Work I love it when it all when themes connects. When it all connects, it's so good. But anyway, so she is attempting to. Scoop Lois Lane right by attempting to expose Midvale's secret. What's so great about the place to live there? And um, because we see Kara being the journalist, and she's like, "Oh, nobody reads the newspapers. It's not a problem. Don't worry about it." And like, "Yeah, we're the reason. The, yeah, the police. Yeah. We help them. It's no big deal." Um, but she, but Kat is flirting with the danger of journalism. Like her reasoning for what she's doing is flawed. She's not there looking for the truth for goodness's sake or for the benefit of people or anything. She's like, I'm there to out scoop Lois yes. Lane. Like uh, she's there for totally selfish purposes, selfish purposes, and um, she's not there for shellfish. Don't, don't no, she's those. an allergy um, actually. Yeah, she does. I think that's actually a thing. Um, and so, um, so anyway, so she's she's there for the wrong reasons. And I hope that Kat actually learns a lesson from that, you know, because like it's going to eventually she's going to go off and form Catco, right. right? Like that's the whole that's the whole thing. Um, but like, what are her reasons for doing so, and how is that going to relate to what Catco is doing today? Um, you know, with Andrea and everything like that. So I, 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 it, it's. It's tying closely, and I I want to see where the where the trajectory kind of kind of lands. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That it, it is an interesting question. Like when when she starts cat co, you know, maybe maybe next week's episode because it's a two parter, and we're 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 gonna see cat again. Maybe uh, they do you think they'll do one of those things where they they leave it on a on a note where it's like, and then she went off, and that was that was her inspiration for starting cat co. You know, where it's gonna be sort of like <laughs> a, uh, a a cheesy sort of like. 
And that, then she went on to become famous after this. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, it might be. I mean, Kara's, well, yes, actually, I do, because the timeline has to meet itself somewhere. Right. Because Kara's in high school. She's in her early 20s when she's working for Cat. So let's say she's six, seven years away from from working mm. with Cat Grant. Like, Cat's like gotta do build this big conglomerate of a magazine within a certain amount of time like we're actually like really flirting with ages that's true that's true in the time like it's it's like we're like really close to what everyone and where everyone is supposed to be so but i mean like cat is also supposed to be a contemporary of lois and clark uh right and so uh, that is that's something to that's something to consider but Mm -hmm. anyway but um so i don't know where that i don't know where that's going to land up but you are correct mundo frank uh frank let's go over to overcoming fear grief pain anger whatever sadness you know despair melancholy whatever ails you you know whatever ails you let's start with brainy he's still trying to find emotional stability like you know he's still eating his feelings and he's trying all these different things like how do you deal with them like there's the he's basically doing the thing where he's like i'm going to drown myself in after school activities like to avoid my my emotions and like because that's very high school you know like i am sad so i'm just going to join 10 clubs right and work myself ragged and not ever have to think about anything the end uh, and that's kind of by accident, but that is kind of what that's kind of what happens with him. Um, and he he almost he's almost regressing mm. in a weird way because he's going back to a younger state of mind when the brain isn't fully formed yet and stuff like that. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah, thoughts. he is. He is living a delayed adolescence here and he's trying to, you know, I guess that is the when he turned off the um inhibitors he had to sort of start from zero on like what it means to have feelings and how to process them and how to you know what what we take for granted in the the development that we went through as teenagers he's going through it now because it's the first time he's had these kinds of emotions human emotions for a prolonged period of time so he's learning how to cope with them and he's asking everyone around him how do you cope how do you cope with this and now High school is probably the best place for him to to be and see how people who are at a similar developmental stage to him, how they're coping and maybe learn a thing or two. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. Well, well said. And um, let's actually talk about Nia because they're because they're closely they're closely linked here in this episode. And so she kind of keeps to herself for most of the time. But she goes back in time to a point where her mom is still alive. And she's talked a bit about it in earlier episodes this season where she's like, oh, I wish, like, I got to learn all this stuff on my own. You know, and we talked about it earlier, like, you know, where the confidence that she feels that she needs to build. Kara's also gone, who is her friend, but also her role model, especially now that her mom is gone. She's in some ways filling that void of somebody to look up to. And, but now she's confronted with this philosophical debate. Like, do I hurt other people by changing the timeline by contacting my mom like who who wins and who doesn't and i like that in some ways that loneliness that need to reach out is also what kara is mirroring in her existence in 2009 because kara says like i remember krypton like i remember my parents i remember all this stuff 
And like, she's like, I like my family, my like surrogate family, which Nia says the basically the same thing. Like, I like my surrogate family, but they're not the family I remember. And so they're both struggling with like, de- like dealing with loss and, and how do you, and how do you, um, move to a place of acceptance for what what is in front of you as opposed to longing for the past literally while you're in the past yeah wow yeah that's a really interesting uh i interesting perspective and an interesting way of framing that that i didn't really fully consider i like that tim Thank you, Frank. And I mean, I think what I also liked is that, you know, Brainy's like, how did you cope with all this in high school? And Nia's like, well, I did it by singing my favorite song, Working 9 to 5, which is, an, which is a great choice of a song because Brainy's overworking himself mm. to avoid the feelings. And Nia's song is about you work 9 to 5 mm. and then you then you go home, you relax, you deal, you do whatever it like it is. And so like, it's an ironic choice of song that that's her favorite because they're both overworking themselves to avoid diving yeah, into their that's feelings. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They are. They're, they are burying themselves in their work to avoid their feelings, avoid their feelings of, of missing, uh, you know, missing Kara and in Nia's case to, to avoid uh, the feelings around her family and, um, yeah, that's really, that's, that's a really good, um, really good observation. I, I, Thank you. you know, the whole thing with Nia calling her mom, I was wondering where they would take that and if they would have her sort of break that cardinal rule of not, not, um, changing the past and, and wondered, I still sort of wonder if, if there's more, more to come in the second half next week, uh, in, involving Nia reaching out to her family, but that was, um, yeah, wow. Coping, coping by singing that song and the way it connects to what they're both doing is, uh, yeah, primo. Good stuff. Thank you. Um, when I also, speaking of breaking the timeline, I love that bit at the beginning where Alex is like, this is my past. Don't you mess yes. it up, Brainy. And he's like, okay. okay. I, I loved Alex's stare down. It was great. But she doesn't say that to Nia, and it's Nia is the one that ends up breaking the timeline. Um, and so... I thought, you know, maybe if that, if Alex had said it to both of them, maybe that would have, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Maybe, maybe it would have. Who's to say? Um, and so, um, speaking of Alex, though, past Alex, previously in her life, Alex is afraid for caller, uh, caller, Kara for revealing herself to the world and the repercussions of that event. Very Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of her. Um, right. She's filling that, that role. Um, which I thought was great because it lines up with the pilot of Supergirl. Yes, that it like it it is it is like she hasn't changed her line in the sand since the first ep like up into the first episode of the season. And I like that it's all from a place of overprotectiveness, and but it, it comes off as controlling, you know. But in like a like. She's learning to loosen up, but Alex is also a rule follower. Yeah. That's why she ends up working. Like, she isn't, she isn't, like, you know, because she has this rebellious stage when she's younger and all this stuff, but she ends up, like, also working for the, like, the DEO. She works for the government. Here, here, them the rules. Let's enforce them. Uh, and so I just, like, again, character consistency. It's so It's so good. good. It's so good. They They have really... Really made an, an effort. I mean, the, the the entire run of the show. Anytime we've had flashbacks or callbacks, 
they're always extremely consistent, extremely consistent. And uh, you get the you get the occasional retcon here and there when it's sort of necessary for them to tell the story they want to tell. But by and large, they're so good at, at tying those things together in ways they don't need to. Right. It didn't need to be. They didn't have to go that hard for us, but they did. They didn't have to have it be so consistent to where, you know, seven, eight years later, Alex is still going to be beating the same drum of like, you have to keep your secret secret. Um, they didn't have to do that as, as, um, as, in as obvious a way as they did, but they did. And that creates great character consistency by doing that. I love it. Yep. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, let's talk about Kenny because this is a new character. This is, an introduction yes. for us, right, to Kenny. Um, a fun fact: he was a Power Ranger. I just need to. I just want to point that. Uh, out. Um, he was on Power Rangers Ninja Steel, which I didn't watch, but I also need to point. I felt like I need to point that out. Sure, too. but I just I thought that was fun that he was actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the Blue Power Ranger cool. or something like on that show. I didn't think that's fun. That's like that. I think that's super fun. Um, but, um, but. Kenny feels like I want him all the time. Like, and that, like, it's kind of like he's, he's, he speaks two lines and I'm like, I want more of Kenny all the time. I like, I want, I want more, I want more of him. And I think he's going to die. Um, because he is afraid of losing Kara. She's not telling him that maybe she wants to go to National City, you know, instead of Metropolis, uh, instead of uh, Midvale University. You know, she wants to go to National City University, blah, blah, blah. And he's afraid of losing her. So he's doing all these things like the nostalgia things or the connection or like we want to do this forever and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like it's just setting up the death. Yeah, I'm afraid you might be right. Do you think he died? Why do we not? Like, why have we never heard about Kenny exactly. all this time? Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you or think maybe he's coming back? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Will, yeah, that would be great. That, but he's probably not. Probably not. But I mean, um, no. the whole thing, and we didn't. Uh, maybe I should have brought this up in good bits too. But uh, I enjoyed when Alex was like, "Ah, but that was the old reality, and this is the new universe, and in this universe, this is what happened." Um, and mm. and so it could be that. In the old universe, we never heard anything about Kenny because they lost touch or whatever. But maybe in this sure. universe, he does die, and it becomes this big thing that then imprints on them in their youth, and they remember Kenny to this day in this new reality, either because of Crisis or because Brandy and Nia messed up the timeline. Either way, uh, <laughs> uh, I I do wonder wonder about that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Will will that be a formative a formative moment in their adolescence? No, I think that's yeah. great. But I just like everyone's afraid of losing something, and you know, like you know, emotional control, a parent, you know, you know, a friend, sister, whatever. Everyone is like, and and set in a high school prom, you're about to graduate. You're about to your life's about to change again. It's yeah. like it's you're gonna go and do new things, and everyone is coping with that idea. I think it's just a well crafted episode for something that was so light in a lot of ways. I thought this episode was super fun, but there were these layers that the younger versions of these characters are still like dealing with in conjunction with their, with their older selves stuff that they, they there's a through line for a lot of them. And I just, I just thought it was the bees. I thought thing. it was great. I, I think this is a very, very effectively written episode. I think it's a lot of fun that we get to make a two parter out of it you know if you're not gonna have melissa as available as she would normally be in prior seasons of this show 
going back to Midvale, where it's a fan favorite, and you get to have Kara be in the episode, um, but played by someone else. It's a very smart way of doing it, and it's a super fun. It's super fun territory for for the longtime fans of the show who have enjoyed enjoy seeing characters like Cat Grant pop up again. But also, we've been seeing since season two or three when they went back to Midvale for the first time. Um, we've been seeing these young actors playing younger versions of these characters, and so to get to revisit them and see what they've been up to. Um, is really cool. I, I, I really liked it. Yeah, it was a lighter episode. It was not super, um, I know, plot heavy in terms of advancing the, the season wide, season long plot. Um, they're on this sort of side mission to get Kara out of the Phantom Zone. And, and that's what's, that's what's happening. And I, but I, I really enjoy it. It reminds me a lot of, you know, I've, Tim, I have consumed, I can't even count how many hours of Superman based media um in my in my years and uh something that I did uh spent a lot of time on uh in like college was I listened to not not all of but I one day I want to get back to listening to the Superman old time radio show um oh, there's, yeah. there's literally thousands of episodes because it was a daily show 5 days a week they did 15 minute episodes uh, and uh, there were lots of times when uh, the the actor Bud Collier, who played Clark and Superman, needed to go on a vacation because he was the voice of Superman five days a week, and it was hard for him to get a vacation. So they would either do side quests where it was like a Lois and Jimmy episode, and they were like looking for Superman who is like off planet or something, uh, or they would do uh, episodes where he he they invented kryptonite as an uh, uh, explanation for why his voice sounded different. So they could get another actor to come in and play Superman for a few episodes while Bud Collier was having a vacation. And he would sound different because he was weakened by the kryptonite. And that was the the excuse why the voice was different. So when they do things like that, when they get creative and they're like, oh, okay, we'll have this side quest where they travel back in time and go to Midvale. That kind of thing reminds me of of those things. And it just feels very consistent with the tradition of, Superman and you know and the the, the DC comics uh lore it just it, it all connects and it all fits in a way that that just tickles me and makes me happy that's good i like when you're tickled did i say that out loud mm. <laughs> yeah i did, you did. <laughs> um frank i'm done with story time village cool. but i do uh i do think that it is time for trailer tv talk after you tell the people where they can find for us. sure yeah uh thank you for listening definitely a shorter episode today like we said definitely a lighter a lighter uh plot a lighter in on themes but uh thank you for sticking with us listening along you can find us at supergirltvtalk.com you can find all the show notes there. Everything we reference uh, are out of the show notes. Usually that pops up in your podcast player too, but if not, supergirltvtalk.com to, to check that out. From there, you'll also find links to our network, Thought Bubble Audio, where you can listen to lots of other fantastic shows. Uh, you'll also find links to places like patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio, where you can support us and make it possible for us to keep doing these shows. Uh, you can email us, mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Super, super important that we have listener feedback. Thank you to Laura and everyone else who uh, has been sending us feedback this season. And uh, follow us on social media at TV Supergirl on Twitter is probably the best place to do that and find out when new episodes drop and uh, and interact with us there. Those are the key things to know heading uh, heading into 
trailer TV talk. So let's take a listen to next week's trailer uh, for episode 606, Prom Again. As soon as we get the debris with Carr's blood on it, our mission here is finished. You have to wear a mask every day. Take the night off. The meteor is heading for school. We are running out of time. You want a Kryptonian? You got one. That was the audio from the trailer for Prom Again, uh, and the description reads as follows. Kyler Lee makes her directorial debut. Part two of the flashback episodes pick up where things left off. Young Kara experiences kryptonite for the first time. Nia and Brainy are trapped by invading aliens, and a young cat, Grant, may be the reason Supergirl never gets out of the Phantom Zone. Kyler Lee directed the episode written by Rob Wright and Jess Cardos. So Rob Wright and Jess Cardos wrote both halves of this, huh? Yes, they did. Uh-huh. And it's always a pleasure when they write an episode. Amen to that. Tr- truly. I'm excited for Kyler's first directorial debut. Going to see how she works the camera. I'm excited. How, what the, what's the tempo? What's yeah. the pace of the episode going to be like? I would say, f- um, everyone, follow Kyler's social media this week because she tends to be really good about documenting things like that. Um, mm-hmm. All the cast have been really good. David Harewood, when he got to direct, uh, was was really good. Oh gosh, yeah, David Harewood is the best inside yeah. scoop into into Supergirl. Totally. Yeah, he he's amazing. So keep an um, eye on on all their social media. Kyler's in particular, maybe David's too. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would say keep an eye on their social media for probably you know they might be sharing behind the scenes stuff. I'm just speculating here, but they usually do that kind of thing. So keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm. It looks good. I'm excited. We get you know, you no know, kryptonite and more invaders and more cat grand and you know, you wear a mask all day. I feel that. Yeah, I know. You know I, I caught that too. <laughs> I caught that too. I love that. Yeah. I know. Actually, just even just listening to it, I was like, yeah, masks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. That uh, and and stuff. and uh, Brainy being very sort of specific with with Nia. Maybe it's one of those reframing devices that back from a commercial break or something. But it's like. As soon as we get Kara's DNA, we're out of here. You know, like just sort of reminding everyone why we're here and why this is all happening. And like, as soon as we no, do I, this, we get out. No, that's that's good. But also, I think even the the seriousness of his tone indicates like, yo, you messed up. We got to get out of here. True, true. Fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ASAP. So. ASAP. Yeah. So I, I, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one. We don't have much in terms of spoilers, uh, just that we know that this will be probably the penultimate uh, episode of this this chunk of the season, um, mm-hmm. because we know that yeah, this episode uh, will air on May the fourth. Actually, hey, look at that, May the fourth. So, um, wonder if they'll build in a Star Wars joke here and there, but maybe they they probably didn't know what the air date was at the time that they wrote. It's probably not. Um, but May the 4th for that, and then May the 11th for what will probably be the final episode of this half of the season, or this chunk of the season. Um, not quite a half, but... It's really more of a quarter yeah, of the season. Yeah, kind of. So we'll... we'll Two more episodes till hiatus sets back in, and we switch back to Superman and Lois. So um, that's about all we know about this episode for now. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be, we'll be back next week. And we'll be here to talk about prom again. Uh, or is it prom again? I don't know. I don't know. Prom again? Prom again? Yeah. It's really more of a third of the season. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to, I was just, I was doing math in my head as you we were speaking. But anyway, Frank, that's, uh, that's enough from me. So until next time, up, up, and away. <laughs>